How's it going, everybody? This is Alex Caceres, and you're listening to Story of the Fight. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another week of Story of the Fight. This is Romero, as always, but with me today, special guest host, Landry Lone Star Kid Ward, lightweight fighter fighting out of Killcliffe FC, LSK, man. How have you been? Been good, man. Just getting after it now, trying to try this uh, podcast co-hosting thing out, see if we start a new <laughs> Let's go, man. So for anybody logging on, Will actually traveled out to uh, to Colorado to catch the one uh, fight night live. So he decided to ditch your boys over here. But no need to worry. Some would say we upgraded uh, and we got LSK in here, so we're good. But, yes, uh, please follow Landry Ward on YouTube, Instagram. I believe it's at Lone Star Kid MMA. Uh, also has LoneStarKid.com. You can get all his awesome gear on there. Uh, yeah, look, he's sporting. What, what is that? A nice – got some hats it's in the background. Yeah, Adidas pullover. We'll call it a Lone okay. Star Kid pullover, though. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, man, we got a lot of fights to cover, uh, Landry. We – we had um, UFC 288, right, with a much-anticipated return of Henry Cejudo. We also had one fight night 10 that went down Friday. Uh, Canelo boxed last night, too. Did you watch a boxing match at all? I did not. I'm be honest. I didn't yesterday, either. Yesterday was a long day for me. Uh, oh, yeah? I was, having, I was having trouble making it through the UFC fights, to be honest. <laughs> yes, I had a very long day of travel trying to get back to Texas yesterday. Okay, so you're back in Texas right now, hanging out with the fam? Yep. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. few days, come back to the fam, try to make some business moves, talk to some sponsors, think we got something good in the works uh, for July. So, Okay. Should have some good okay. news soon, just wait, waiting to get everything ironed out. Well, if there's another viewing party, you know I'll be there, man. I'll, I'll go join this one for sure. Hey, even better, you can be there live for this one. Oh, dude, I'm so – oh. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. All right. I'll take it. You know, enough <laughs> said. I'm trying to read between the lines right now. But, uh, hey, we can go and get started, man. So we had last night UFC 288, Henry Cejudo versus Aljamain Sterling. Again, uh, Cejudo had been yapping and yapping about a possible comeback, seeing a bunch of holes in this current champion's game, and that would be an easy dub for him. Dude, please break it down for me. What were your thoughts? What did you see? Dude. On paper and before the fight, I thought it was going to be an easy fight for Cejudo too. Uh, Sterling's just—he's so like crazy with everything he does that it doesn't look like real technical or real high level. But he's so good when he gets you to certain positions at making the fight his fight. But yeah, his like his entries, the takedowns, his striking—like nothing looks great. But when he gets a hold of you, you know he has the. He has the size and the strength, especially on Cejudo. He had him good. I didn't see the numbers, but yeah. it had to be seven but, inch reach advantage. Yeah, and I imagine the walk around weight. I know Cejudo got a little chubby, but Sterling, Sterling's <laughs> got to outweigh him by like at least ten pounds too. But when he gets in those grappling scenarios, he's just, he's really strong and educated there, and he just uses his striking as like I guess crazy striking to open up uh, getting to those grappling situations, but. He surprised me last night. He was able to do more than I thought he would be able to with Cejudo. 
And he surprised Cejudo too, because at the end, you know, they're like, uh, what did he do that surprised you? And he said, man, he's a lot tougher than I thought he was going to be. There was a lot of holes that I saw in his game that made me think this was going to be an easier fight, but he's tough everywhere is what he said. So Cejudo was caught off guard too by, by what Aljamain Sterling was able to bring. He has a crazy pace. Like, his, yeah, Sterling's pace, he'll just stay in your face, throwing stuff at you and make you make a mistake. Yeah, hey, shout out Will, by the way. He says, your boy's just sitting on the runway for the foreseeable future. Thanks, LSK. And yeah. I, went, I, went through some air, I went through some airport problems yesterday, too. I feel you. It's happening, man. It's happening. But uh, So I went through it, and I watched it again this morning. So I watched it last night. Like you said, it was a little tough uh, for our time over here. What was it, like 1230 when the fight finally ended? Uh, so it was past midnight. I'm old already. I can't hang. So I was starting to fall asleep. This morning, I watched it again. Did, did you score it? Did you try scoring it yourself? Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch it too. I uh, I didn't watch it on uh, my laptop, so I wasn't able to watch it a second time. So I want to go back and sit down and break it down and go round by round. But I know it was just, it was really close. Yeah, so dude, and if I anybody would just... be able to break it down, it's you because those uh, YouTube videos you've been putting out with those breakdowns have been money. Appreciate you. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've been, th sure. been thinking of some content to drop, and I was like, what do I love to do and what do I do every day fighting? Why not give my thoughts on it? So, <laughs> yeah, go, I appreciate man. appreciate that. I so, will definitely uh, go back and break this one down. It will be a good one, man, uh, and especially with how close it was. So I just went through and took some notes. So uh, first round, Cejudo had a hard time finding the range. The very first round, you could tell he was having a really hard time closing that distance. And then there was a, a takedown by Cejudo early, didn't do much. Takedown by uh, Aljo around the end of the round. Takes his back. Uh, so when, when you're thinking about the judges, that's probably the last thing that sticks with them, right, in that first round. A more dominant position being able to take Cejudo's back. So I, I edged that one out to Sterling. Uh, and with you, how many people do you usually have in your corner? Uh, usually two. Usually two. So in this one with championship fights in UFC, I believe they can have up to five people, if I remember correctly. And man, I, I all I can think about going from the first round to the second round, you have Marab yelling stuff at Aljo. You had Ray Longo yelling stuff at Aljo. And you had Matt Sarah going nuts, Matt Sarah style. And I was like, man, how chaotic is that? But he, he seemed like he was totally fine with it. It was yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot to take in, let alone all that screaming instructions, and you got a crazy crowd chanting and going wild too so you got to be able to lock it like lock in at those times and hear what you need to hear but you he's know he's just for, for a reason so you, when, you're at that, when you're at that level and you've experienced it that much you uh you know you break it down and you know exactly what you need to hear and let that let that get to you makes sense man makes sense uh second and third round those were I thought they could go either way. Second and third round were super close. Fourth round, I gave it a Sterling. Fifth round, gave it a Cejudo. So I could see how somebody gives it, you know, to Cejudo. Another person gives it a, uh, to Aljo. It, it was so close. You, you said you gave him, you gave Sterling the fourth round. I gave Sterling the fourth round. I gave Sterling the fourth uh, and Cejudo the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I saw. Uh, did you see the scorecards? They said uh, Derek clearly was the only one to give Cejudo or give Sterling the fifth round, and that kind of, that decided the fight. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
that that's yeah, you got that's it. a tough one. That's t- man yeah, in the fifth I really round. Like I don't know. I, I asked about I asked about the fourth round because Cejudo's coach said he won two, four, and five, and uh, that's a that's a fair you know for I don't might be biased, but for him to give three instead of and not more than that, I'm like I wonder what he saw in the fourth round to uh, give yeah. it to. And, you know, I think it was uh, going into the third round, too, where the announcer said, hey, uh, Cejudo's corner told him that he's up uh, two rounds to one right now. And I was like, man, these rounds have been super close, dude. I don't know how. Not a fight that you can tell him. And you're you're biased. If you're in Cejudo's corner. I want to say, was it after? No, I remember after the third round, I I heard, uh, what's it? Eric, I don't remember his last name, Captain America, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he was saying, uh, he was like, you got to get these last two. He was like, you have to win these last two. Yeah. I thought I'm a, I remember hearing him saying that. So that's a good, yeah. that's what you need to be telling in a, in a fight that close. Like you, you have to, there's no, <laughs> there's no taking a round off or anything. Like you got to go get it. So. Yeah, and th- that's kind of what had me confused about Aljo because he had been doing a pretty good job pressuring, I felt like. He had a really start, uh, fast start, first yeah. and second round. He and in the fifth round. Out, he usually comes out like that, too. He comes out hot. Yeah, in the fifth round, he was coasting a little bit. So I don't know if he felt in his eyes like he had done enough to win, win the fight so so uh, far, you know. And uh, Cejudo came out pressuring a lot more. He knew he probably needed the last round. Had Aljo on his back foot. Um and yeah, so for me, it almost seemed like Aljo took a little bit off there. He kind of gasses too, because that that happened in his uh, second fight with Jan as well. He That's lost the, he lost the fifth round to Jan. Yes, I won't say gasses because he's still keeping a high pace in a freaking twenty five minute fight. But yeah, usually towards the end, he comes out so hot he doesn't save anything for that last. Because I remember he lost the fifth round in the Jan fight pretty badly too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, again, look at his frame, man, for bantamweight. Uh, I, I don't know what the weight cut looks like, the weight cut, no, but it, it must of, be. I mean, I see him posting pictures like uh, at 168, 170 freaking outside Rip. of fight camp. So I, that's a lot of weight to get down from. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much that, that has an impact. Yeah, to keep the pace that he keeps cutting that much weight, that <laughs> that's a feat in itself. <laughs> yeah, but hey, props to Aljo, man. Uh, you know, because after his very first – win against Yon after the illegal knee, you know, and he's celebrating out there with the belt and kind of took on the role of a heel a little bit. Cause everybody was kind of talking about the actor thing, you know, and uh, a lot of people weren't really giving him his dues yeah. and uh, he's going out there and he's earning it now. Yeah. He's every, people are doubting him and he's proving them wrong. So definitely props to him. All right. So uh, for Aljo, I think they're saying one more fight and then he wants to move up and try to take uh, the featherweight uh, title. Uh, Marab will be able to swoop in uh, after that and try to fight for uh, the the bantamweight title. Did you see that all that drama? I the, yeah, uh, I don't know. I didn't hear any audio or anything from it, but I I saw the clips of O'Malley going in and the altercation. <laughs> I would love to hear the audio. I need to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was Rob taking the jacket. <laughs> that was hilarious. Also, you know what, O'Malley, it's kind of your fault, bro. Because you take the jacket off and he kind of just like hands it off and Rob's like, all right. And he just grabs it and starts throwing said, it on. Did you see what he put on social media, O'Malley? He was like, uh, I thought I was giving my jacket to my coat boy. 
<laughs> that is so good, funny, man. That's a that's a good way to turn it in your favor. Make a joke like that. But we got uh, O'Malley. They're saying September now. O'Malley versus Aljo. That's an interesting matchup, right? Uh, for, for me, Aljo. I mean, we saw what his grappling could do, what his wrestling can do up against uh, Cejudo, who a lot of people consider to have some of the best grappling in all of uh, MMA. So, how, how do you see that fight going down? Yeah, that'll be that'll be a very interesting con- contrast of styles. Both are both are probably close to the same length. Uh, Sterling's a pretty tall dude. I know O'Malley probably have him by a little bit. It'll just be yeah. if he can keep keep his range and keep his strikes on him, keep him at bay with his push kicks and his long punches. That's hard. Probably lean Sterling. I'm I'm sure Sterling will come out a heavy favorite for that one. But I am an O'Malley fan. I will say, yeah, but yeah. He's, <laughs> he's entertain. He's entertaining. He's fun to watch. So, you know, it would he be is fun. Entertaining. It would be good for the sport and fun for the sport if he was to go get a win, but. And that's a tough task for him. Sterling showed that he's a dog and grappling. Good grappler against a good striker. Usually the grappler is the one that comes out on top, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Omar coming through. What's up, Omar? Thanks for joining us. Uh, hold on, Rob. Let me take all the money fights before you can fight for that belt. <laughs> I mean, that's what it seems like, Dude, right? Well, Marab is so happy to do it. Marab's just like, He's just happy to be there and support Aljo. He's a good, he's a good friend. So that might be one of the best bromance in all of MMA. They love it. They, they love each other. Omar saying Rob can't take the title, but he could take the jacket. That's hilarious. <laughs> he can keep it. Can Next keep best it. thing. The <laughs> yeah. Just frames it, puts it up on the wall. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got for the uh, main event. Did you have anything else, Landry? No, I'm excited to go back and break it, break down the situations though. Yeah, yeah. I, hate to, I hate to come in sort of unprepared. I did watch it. I just couldn't go back and get a second <laughs> deep, deep dive on it. No, you're good, man. You're good. It's always nice to get a, a a true fighter's perspective. You know, not that, you know, Will doesn't fight in his spare time, but his is a little bit different. You know what I mean? He is in jujitsu and does other things like that. Uh, but to have a professional fighter on here breaking it down with us, man, it helps out a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right, this one, the next one, co-main event, might have been a little painful for you. We're gonna skip past it. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was tough. I didn't like to see that. You know, Gil, Gilbert's a really good dude. Around him day in and day out, hard worker. Sets a really good example for everybody in the gym. So, see him take one like that was tough. But you know, that, that's the sport. I, we were actually in the locker room a few days before he left, uh, talking. He was just like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to control my destiny. You know, I didn't want to, like you said in interviews, I didn't want to sit out, let Leon and Colby fight in October and somebody get a win or have a good performance and jump the line on them. So I'm going to take the gamble on myself and, you know, go try to put on a good fight. And I was like, you know, what else can you do? You want to control your own fate. And uh, you're not a guy who's going to look back on it, you know, on his career and on his life when he's older, like, man, I wish I would have done this. Like, you took a gamble on yourself. You went and did it, so you're going to be happy down in the future either way. Yeah, man. I, I watching this fight. I, I could I, all I was thinking about was you two and thinking about like, man, this must be tough for uh, for LSK to watch, you know, because uh, he, he does seem like he's a leader uh, within uh, Killcliffe as well. You know, you being there on a regular basis, I'm sure almost every day you see that. Uh, and something I wanted to call out here with Vern. So three pay per view fights in 106 days. Talk about active. UFC 283. Uh, against Neil Magny, 
UFC 287 against Masvidal. Now UFC 288. So from 287 to 288, uh, that is a lot to take on for anybody. Yeah. You know? That's a lot. He, and he's a grinder, too. He's, he's always in the gym pushing. So, you know, his body's going through it. I think – I mean, I want, I want to know what happened, obviously, with his shoulder. I don't know if something happened, like, before or if something happened during, but it was clear that after – I think it was after that takedown attempt he had in the first round his shoulder he was just like shaking it out like where are yeah. you yeah and it was weird that uh Bilal didn't pick up on it until about he said the fourth round his coach uh called it out and he's like hey he's been shaking his arm out and he hasn't really used it and Bilal's like well that's when I started going a little bit heavier on that that side but it's like dude this he that happened I think after the first round yeah it looked like it was the first round it's just like well shaking that I think Henry was Henry told them like just forget about it. He's like, work through it. He was screaming, like he was screaming that in the corner, work through it. So, yeah, yeah. Wonder what happened. Uh, I mean, it, props to Bilal for him to keep that pace. Like his pace was insane for five rounds and coming off Ramadan and short yeah. notice call too. So that's props to him for that. Yeah, and uh, shout out to CMT uh, Floxicity. I feel takedown defense and grappling defense is evolving. Back in the day when people got someone down, the person on bottom would usually be controlled and be a stalemate down there. Uh, these days, people just get up. What, what are your thoughts on that, Landry? Yeah, it, everything's evolving. Um, I think that it's so clear that wrestling and grappling is like a huge advantage in fighting that people, if people have a little bit of striking – that they hammer their takedown defense and their get-ups from bottom. And, I mean, I can tell you personally, I, I work on that a lot. So, um, yeah, I just think I just think that that is such a huge aspect of fighting. You know, judges will give a fight to somebody who's on their back or will give a round to anybody who's on top controlling somebody on their back. Never want to be on your back in a fight. So that's a huge aspect of fighting that people focus on. Good call, man. Good call. All right. And that right here in the picture that Rich just put up. Thanks, Rich. So for anybody that's listening and not necessarily watching on YouTube, if you watch on YouTube, you actually get to see the pictures that we post as well. Uh, and it, it's a picture of Bilal that's landing that that uh, left body kick. And that was one of the stories of the fight the entire time. Because even when he wasn't landing it directly on the body, it was landing right on the, the shoulder as Gilbert was uh, blocking. Yeah. And you could see his arm start kind of turning dark red. Right as the night continued, yeah, I I specifically remember one of the kicks he blocked, and as soon as he blocked it, he like, you know, gave his arm a little roll out, like, ooh, that one, that one wasn't good. So. Yeah, and it, it was continuous all night. I don't know how many times he threw that left body kick, and like I said, uh, in the late fourth round, he started switching over and throwing a right body kick. Uh, once he uh, figured out that a uh, shoulder's left or uh, Burns' left shoulder was a uh, on the struggle bus, so. Uh, Omar says, Dr. Rogan said on the broadcast, Burns messed up his shoulder during the takedown attempt in the first round. Yeah, it could have been. like I remember seeing him. He went for it, and when Bilal popped his hip, hips back, he his left arm like planted on the mat. So I probably could have jolted something up. Ah, man. But, yeah. But a rough, rough night. Uh, Durinho, Durinho, right? Uh, they were talking about how it translates to uh, tough. Uh, and he showed it, man, because if, if he jammed that shoulder, dislocated that shoulder in the first round and went an entire five rounds against uh, Bilal Muhammad, says a lot about the guy, man, in his heart. Yeah, that dude's a dog. He's, huh? uh, Bilal, jab was on point, too. 
constant uh, stance switching? You know, do you feel like that kind of had anything to do with uh, slowing down uh, Dudinho a little bit? Yeah, definitely could have definitely could have confused them. I'm sure, like I'm sure expecting them to be in one stance because I don't I don't remember off the top of my head seeing Boal switch stances like that at all in his fight. So I don't know. Constant too. Yeah, like just nonstop. He would just throw something and then switch right back to opposite stance right after he threw. And you know, I saw something going around. I watched the embedded. I don't know if you saw the picture of Bilal's ankle on the UFC oh. embedded episode. I don't know. It looked like the form. There was pictures of it, but I mean, he came out looking perfectly fine. So I'll he threw wonder. it over and over again. So yeah, he literally did not stop throwing that kick with that left leg. So couldn't have been too bad. Could have had to. Just <laughs> I don't know what it could have been, but nah, his pace and the kicks and the switch stances and his movement, I don't even think he shot a takedown once. Uh, yeah, and, you know, with Bilal, they, they asked him in the post-fight press conference, they said, hey, um, you know, you limped off the weigh-ins a little bit. People have been talking about your ankle, what's going on. And he said, you know, you, I, I don't think there's ever a fighter that goes into a fight and not hurt a little bit somewhere. It, it's going to happen because y'all train so hard, you know, but uh, from – what everybody was saying, like people were concerned that he was going to pull out of the fight, that the ankle looked that bad. Yeah, it, it looked horrible from the picture in the little video I saw. I don't know, it could have just been the camera having an effect on it too, but yeah, look, looks were deceiving. <laughs> well, it's probably, it's probably jacked up now, man, because he, yeah. he that thing landed on the, you know, the elbow a few times too, yeah. and I'm sure that doesn't feel very good. Uh, all right, man. That's all we got on the uh, co-main event. We also had Yan Xiaonan versus Jessica Andraj. Uh, what were your thoughts on that fight? Yeah, talk about good movement. Yan, uh, her movement was good. She kept Jessica confused like the whole time. And then Jessica made a huge mistake. I just watched uh, another clip of that knockout. She ran, she literally ran at Yan. Yan was doing a good job circling out. And Andrade just threw like three left hooks at her, and her chin was like this, straight up in there. Yeah, <laughs> Jan, Jan just sat down, countered with a hard overhand, and put her out. You don't often see one punch knockouts like that in women's and, fighting, so that was that was impressive. Yeah, at one fifteen, right? I believe this was uh, strawweight. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's what Jessica Andrade is really known for. That she's one of the few that does carry that power in that weight class and that weight division, right? Um, but to see her get dropped by Yan Shannon like that, planning that back foot and coming in with that overhand right uh, was a thing of beauty. And uh, I think Jessica also knows that there's not too many women in that division that have that one-punch knockout power, which is why she probably thinks like, hey, I am coming wild. I'll just come in throwing three or four hooks. If somebody clips me, they clip me, but I'm willing to take one to land one of my hooks. And, uh, man, Yan Shannon came in with that right overhand from China, dude, and put her straight out. <laughs> straight yeah, that was out, deep. man. It, it was nice. It, so she's training with Team Alpha Male now. Uh, they also have um, uh, Song Yadong over there. Didn't they, did like, they have anybody else last night? Um, Faber had they? a few people last night. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know who else they had last night. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but uh, it seems like Team Alpha Male is going international. They're, working they're, with they're, starting to, they're starting to pick up some people from all around. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I'm old school team alpha male. Like, I love those days of, you know, uh, Chad Mendez and Uriah Faber and all those guys. Uh, and, I mean, the last one that they really have fighting out of there that's popular is probably Andre Feely. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Cody Garbrandt already jumped ship to and is bouncing back and forth. Uh, but outside of that, I guess it's just Song Yadong. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. So Can you? I think, I think what I was thinking was Sage Northcutt, but that was with one. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of anybody else they have in UFC, but yeah. Hey, uh, K9, uh, thank you for joining us. He says that was such a good fight. Absolutely. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Fast, but fun. Uh -huh. Fast, but all right. Uh, and that was quick. Did you have anything else before we move on on that one? No, just, uh, yeah, the sitting down on the counter with somebody running at you. That's, they're just adding their weight to a hard punch that's already coming at you. So can't be running in, running in on people with your chin up like that, especially somebody who's a good striker. Yeah. Hey, knowing Jessica Andrajo and been watching her for years, uh, that's probably not going to change. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that's her, that's her, yeah, that's her, her one move. That's her staple. Yeah, that's her style. She, she All right. I'm the tank. I'm, I'm coming through. Until you, again, you find somebody like Yanshan on. Uh, we also had Mosvar Avloev versus Diego Lopez. Man, th this one was very surprising for me. That was fun. Yeah, th this was a lot of fun. Uh, this, in my eyes, was fight of the night. Uh, Evloev coming in, I believe he's ranked uh, 10th mm -hmm. uh, featherweight in the world, right? Uh, and then we have, you know, a couple fights that fell off. So Diego Lopez takes this. And I want to say this was Diego's uh, debut, if I remember yeah, correctly. I think he's coming off contender series. Coming off contender series. Yeah. Uh, you know, they definitely didn't bring him on for having one of the best tattoos in the world. But, <laughs> but, even say? Yeah, we were saying that last time. Right? Dude, what does that even say? I think it says something like, uh, if you dream it and you could believe it or something like that. I, I don't know. It's something very, uh, interesting. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Mally might have better tattoos. <laughs> dude, that's a fact, actually. <laughs> Facts. Uh, but yeah, so Evloev, I was expecting Evloev with the experience, uh, Lopez, this being his uh, debut, having that uh, classic adrenaline dump, you know, and uh, I thought Evloev was going to be able to dominate fairly easily. Dude, not that way at all. Yeah, dude, that, that being said, I mean, uh, Lopez came in, what is he, 19 and 5 now, I think, something like that I saw. So, you know, he, well, he's now 21 and 6 now. 21 and 6, okay, yeah. Yeah, I knew he had a ton of fights. So he's coming in with a lot of experience, too, just not UFC mm. level experience, but. Man, you got 27 fights. That's that's a lot of fights under your belt. I think what yeah. I love 17 and 0 now after that fight. Yep, 17 and 0. Uh, he brought in and, a lot of experience. Yeah, his his jujitsu was very slick off the bottom. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that really surprised everybody, right? Because one, you see Lopez come out really aggressive that first round, and in my my mind, I'm like, okay, this is smart on Lopez's part because it's a last minute fight that he took on. He probably knows that he has a lot of adrenaline going right now. He, he probably wants to end this fight early if possible. So, yeah, like empty out some of that gas tank right now and see if you could get Evloev out and maybe surprise him a little bit. Um, and so I was, I was, again, surprised by how aggressive he was. And then Evloev, you know, started coming back with some of his own shots. But then you have the armbar attempt, which I thought was tight. It was close. Like when he first rolled over for it, I was like – Dude, that's deep. And then you can see, like, the shorts were scrunched over their arms, but Evloev, like, ever so slightly had his elbow just past the hip line to, like, save himself from getting that elbow extended. But, uh, yeah, you can you can kind of see on the picture right there the elbow's just close to, like, passing <laughs> passing the cup of uh, Lopez. So yeah. So he was getting close to slipping out, and he ended up just popping it out. 
But okay, at the end of the fight, that knee bar, I I wouldn't love to see ten more seconds. Who knows? <laughs> Lopez was squeezing for dear life there. Ten more seconds, I don't know. It could could have been a different story because that thing was deep. Yeah. So again, in the second round, you have Evloev takes him down, right, uh, and then starts landing some big ground and pound uh, with elbows, punches, and and this is where I thought, like, okay, this is where. You know, Evloev starts taking over, and the rest of the way, it's going to be smooth sailing. And uh, Diego Lopez said, no, 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 my friend. Uh, third round, I think he also gets him into Kimura, which looked yep. pretty deep also. Yeah, he rolled uh, so out much of so. Smooth. Yeah, where he had a roll out of it. Uh, so that was another one where I was like, oh, man, that was close yet again. How many times is going to get caught in something like that? Uh, and And then, like you had mentioned, right, the knee bar. Uh, yeah, how yeah. how tight did that knee bar look? Dude, that looked deep. So like usually when you have like a arm bar, knee bar submission, like usually use your cup kind of as a torquing <laughs> uh, a ball point for the torque to bend the ligament past. And that knee oh. was that knee was well past. So that thing, if he would have slid the right foot, uh under his right shoulder uh-huh you see here i was screaming if he would have put and gone over to where the achilles is under the shoulder there i think i think he would have had enough torque to pop that knee oh definitely, definitely you could see him wincing ligament. when he first got it in you could see him wincing and started trying to adjust as much as he could to alleviate yeah. some of the pressure i thought he had it man yeah it was the if he I would have liked to see if he had more time, if he would have made that adjustment, because it did look like he started to push the ankle that way. And then there was a clap and he was just like ah, squeezing. Would see if he was trying to make those little advancements in the position with a little bit more time, but that was a fun yeah. fight. His, his stock definitely rose. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Right. Even with this loss it, it, for him, it was a win-win. Yeah, short notice, number 10 guy in the world, taking to a decision with having him in deep submissions, having him in trouble in almost, pretty much all three rounds. I think he had him close and some deep submissions. Huh? What an upset that would have been, too. Hey, Rich, in the background, while we're going through, can you research to see what his tattoo says, man? Because it's bugging me now. Because looking at this picture, I just see where it says believe. And now I'm really curious. <laughs> so if, if you find it, just let us know. Uh, but props to Lopez. We'll see who he takes on next in, in that division. For uh, for Evloev, it, it's tough, right? Because I, I believe he was supposed to have been fighting Bryce Mitchell too, which would have been a, a fight up in, in the division, continue moving up in the ranks. And instead, uh, he faces this uh, person, Lopez, Diego Lopez making his debut. And it was a, a, a tough fight. Yeah. So we'll see what happens next. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting how that plays out. All right. All right. We'll move on. Uh, we're going to ch- uh, skip Charles Jordan versus uh, Crone Gracie. Um, let's, let's, I, I can... let's touch on this real quick. Okay, go you, for it. Are you with me? Do you think Crone gets cut after that fight? I think he gets I, cut. I think he has one more fight. His Cup Swanson fight was exciting. Uh, this fight was on the opposite end of the spectrum, but he also carries the Gracie name. And that's the only reason I think they're going to say, hey, Let's give you one more fight, but just a heads up, Crone. If it's another fight like this, like you don't have a home in the UFC. And the, the one thing that I noted on here, and I was going to actually ask you, the days of being a specialist, 
dead, right? Done. I mean, I, I, I guess it was already kind of safe to say here before, but I, th- this is just another reminder. Like we saw, you know, some of, um, you know, the old school specialists be able to make it uh, for, for quite some time in the UFC. But th- these days, like you have somebody like Charles Jordan, who is most known for his striking, also a black belt in jujitsu, but most known for his striking. And we saw how he was able to game plan and just stick to that game plan for three rounds against uh, Chrome Gracie. and really dominated the entire fight yeah yeah like the reason i say he gets cut is he's playing like he's playing that personality like i'm not gonna do the media um all this stuff is doing like Mm. you can't act like that and then go out there and start like butt scooting and trying to yeah play guard game and stuff like that a little different if you're nate diaz and you're like yeah i don't really want to do the media and then you come in and you have exciting fights yeah and you're like exciting uh but yeah you can't the specialist days are done because then like like you got Jordan, he, he was well-rounded, crisp striking, mm-hmm. and had the takedown defense and the, yeah, not really submission defense, but weariness to get out of a guard, get out of the guard of Cron uh, whenever he trapped him in there and tried to hold him. Yeah, and you know, it, and it was just like very, um, like basic entries, you know, like he would just put his head down with a high guard and just continue eating a yeah. couple shots and reach over to try to grab. And literally, Charles Rodane, like a little kid, would put his hand on his forehead and shove him back, and then yeah. just take a couple steps back. And I was like, "Well, that was that was easy for Charles, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah, it, I, I guess the last like good specialist that we saw, Damian Maya, and even him, like yeah. around the end of his career, he started, you know, dying down, yeah. and then uh, Mackenzie Dern." Maybe, but we've seen some people exploit, you know, her uh, opportunities in striking. It, it's tough, man. Yeah, it's tough to be a specialist nowadays. It is. Games it is, evolve right. so much. Like that kind of touches on oh, what uh, was it that com- was it the I don't know a comment that we just touched on the takedown defense and people getting up off their backs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It just touches on like full circle with that one. The games evolve so much. People work on that. People are so well-rounded nowadays. You have to be to make it in this game now. So, For sure. That comment was from CMT Fluxicity. Uh, hey, uh, thank you, Rich, for finding yeah. this. It says, dream, believe, and make it happen. I mean, that's a very inspirational uh, thing, good, I guess. Good inspiration, tough uh, tough delivery on uh, the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the other day that I picked my son up from school, I saw that on the kindergarten wall. You know what I mean? So <laughs> he probably just copied it from that, that – uh, <laughs> That quote. All right. Last last, uh, fight we're going to cover from UFC 288. Matt Frivola versus Drew Dober. I I love watching both of these guys fight. No matter who they're fighting, it's going to be a banger. So when I saw this fight, I was like, dude, props to the matchmakers. Sean Shelby, you know, this was an absolute banger, and it didn't disappoint. Drew Dober with one of the best jaw lines in the business – Coming in. Jaw and, lines uh, and jaw. I do. Yeah, straight up, man. Straight up. He didn't man, last night, but usually he can. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Rolla for Bola, man. Uh, so very similar to uh, to Jessica Andrade with better technique, but just pressure, pressure, pressure. No matter what, I'm coming forward. I'm going to eat a shot, but I'm going to deliver one of mine. And, you know, Frivola did such a good job with his counters. He was teeing off on him, man. With every entry Drew had, he would throw something and his hands would dip down a little bit and he would just launch, you know, a two or three punch combo right after that. Yeah. 
I think I think I'll go back and break this one down too. Uh, starting out, I believe Frivol was throwing like a lot of those right hooks at Dover, mm-hmm. and Dover had his hand high blocking it, unlike what he has right here in this picture. Um, he had it high up blocking, and Frivol started going to the body with punches and mm-hmm. kicks. He kind of dropped his hands a little bit, got him baiting down there. So when he sat in the pocket here, I think he sat down on the counter right here, and that's what he caught him with. I don't know if he blocked the kick or not, but I know this was a counter hook, and it was on the money with some steam behind it. Oh, for sure, man. And, again, he was already pretty cut up. Yeah, steamroller for Vola, bro. Uh, but he was already cut up at, at that point, right? And that picture right there was the very last uh, right hook that landed before uh, the fight was stopped. So you're saying this was all from deposits to the body. Yeah, and it looked like uh, he started, it looked like he was digging into that body and got him to start dropping his hand. So that, that was a good power and good fight IQ move by Favola there. Nice, man. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Drew Dober, I think, had just cro- uh, cracked into the top 15 or t- top 14 since his last fight. Not sure if he'll be falling out of that, but we got to see uh, Matt Steamroller Favola. It just rolls, dude, whenever you say it together it does, like that. It you know? roll. <laughs> but you might see him cracking the top 15 now, which I think would be uh, much deserved, uh, climbing to 11-3 and three now. Uh, he's calling out Patty Pimblett. Patty the baddie. Yeah, I think he runs through him. I was going to say, Patty doesn't want that right now, man. And I don't think the UFC wants that right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Patty – I don't know what they're going to do with Patty. They can't – I think he's too – he's – too old and has too many fights to be like protected for too much longer. So, yeah, it was different with uh, Sean O'Malley, right? Uh, and like, we see Jer- Sean O'Malley Jared taking steps. Yeah. But O'Malley got into the UFC and he was like, what, 21, yep. 22, 23, something like that. He was still a kid, you know, like you got an exciting prospect on your hands. All right. Well, what he came in off the contender series, he probably mm-hmm. had seven, eight fights. All right. This kid has a future. We're going to give him, test him, test him, test him. Nothing too crazy, you know? And yep. they, they played him smart. Now he's a, now he's put himself in a position. He, he did everything he needed to do. He won how he was supposed to and won the fights that they presented to him. But now with Patty, I'm pretty sure Patty was even offered, like, the UFC multiple times when he was with cage warriors, but he declined saying he wanted more experience. I don't know if that's a hundred percent, but I, I do remember hearing that in the, if you're going to do that and you come into the fights with like what, 18, 19 wins, I think he has, you got to be coming in and being like, all right, I'm two, three, four fights away from getting to a title shot. Yeah, no. And you know, um, the thing with, uh, like, we're talking about Sean O'Malley and, and comparing it a little bit, and you're absolutely right. He was a lot younger. Uh, but you could also see him stepping up in levels continuously, right? And you could see him living up to the hype, yep. you know, and taking people out in the first round, landing that straight right, uh, you know, and even against uh, Chris Montano when he didn't finish him. But it was a, just a, such a dominant performance. Uh, that fight probably should have been stopped a lot earlier, honestly. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but he, he did yeah, what he was a- supposed to do. In, in dominant fashion with Patty, like you said, even against his last fight uh, against uh, Jared Gordon, he lost, you're like, he lost, uh, he lost uh, yeah, and I'm not, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so, let's see here, what's Patty's record now? Yo, I gotta grab a charger from the laptop real quick. Give me, two yeah, seconds. it's not a problem. So, taking a look at this, we have uh, I mean, Patty's gone on a 
one, two, three, four fight win streak in the UFC. The names Luigi uh, Vandermini, uh, Rodrigo Vargas, Jordan Levitt, and Jared Gordon. Uh, again, I last fight was really, really close, but uh, yeah, the struggle. Struggle's real. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll move on to the next one here. Uh, and actually, after this, Rich, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we're going over to uh, to one now, covering one. Uh, since we had one fight night 10 that went down uh, Friday night. Uh, man, just what a weekend of fights. And this was the first event, the first event on U.S. soil for one uh, FC. It, this was a, a big night. Oh, look at the background change and everything, the color. Rich is on it. Rich is on Ooh. it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, again, that's why Will's not here right now. Will, uh, went to go watch this event. Uh, your boy Will is becoming well-known in the 1FC world. He, he has connections now uh, within, you know, the organization. He met up with some of the, the, the big wigs over there while he was over there. Uh, so Will's starting to become a big deal in 1FC. Hey. Yeah, I just hope he doesn't remember us little guys, you know. Uh, right. I'm over here with Rich. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll we'll see what comes of it. But uh, he was super excited, man. He's posting a bunch of stuff on social media. Uh, Rich, yeah, Rich do you want to – Look fun. Yeah, Rich, do you want to uh, share some of the uh, posts right now? Or did you want to wait till after? Uh, it's completely up to you, but – No, let, let's do uh, his post right now. I got Will's queued right up, so here it comes. All right, let's do it. And uh, we'll just see what uh, Will had to share. So this is, uh, I think, during the introductions in the beginning, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, yeah, Rod Tank's lockdown. And this was him. He was super close over here. Uh, but this is straight from um, uh, Will's phone, too. Right next to Stamp Veritex as she's celebrating Mikey uh, Moose Mechie's win. So it looked like he had a really good time, man. Hey, uh, props to you, Will. I'm, I'm glad that you had a good time over there, man. It's it's uh, well-deserved. Uh, but seemed like he had a blast. Seemed like he had a blast. Uh, main event, we had Demetrius Johnson versus Adriano Moraes. What were your thoughts on that one there? Dude, not a very entertaining fight, but just high-level clinch work from DJ. Man, his, his knees and elbows and fighting inside the clinch was just, I mean, he he did what he needed to do to win, and it, it was smooth how he worked in there, especially against such a big guy like Marias. Yeah, and I think that's... And got himself two checks. <laughs> Marias, he's massive. For that weight division, massive, huge difference between him and DJ. Uh, here's DJ eating another knee that night, and that pro probably was the cleanest shot that Modias had landed uh, all night. But uh, I, I was really like drawn into by the mummy guard that DJ was using a lot to close the distance. Like he was just walking in, walking in, and then just clinch onto something really quickly. And Modias was allowing it a lot of times, right? Uh, I thought maybe he'd be able to use some lateral footwork to get out of there before uh, DJ would be able to clinch him. But, uh, you know, was there anything else that you thought was pretty surprising watching this? 
it was surprising that later in the fight, I remember it looked like even he was willing to want to clinch. Marias mm. was like he wouldn't shy away from it. He would go into it, and then he was just taking some knees to the body. That I was just like, keep getting hit with these. I'm just you gotta you gotta go for broke at this point. Yeah, and uh, Will says, uh, shout out me, Hoko, Valentina, and Ty from one. Coolest people in the world. This event was seriously insane in person. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome, Will. That's yeah, awesome. Hey, next time. He's having a hell of a time. So. Yeah, get, Will, get us some press passes next time, bro. What are you doing? You know? Uh, just LSK. Get some stories. Get, get the whole crew out there. Yeah, dude. Come on. What, what are we doing, Will? But uh, no, I, I still, like you said, maybe not the most entertaining in the world. Very technical. Fight from both of them, and I mean, what would you wouldn't expect anything else? You know, Marias has proven that he's one of the best in the world. Uh, DJ, some people consider him the goat. Where's DJ ranked for you? DJ's up there. He, that was a, it's a hard list right here. I, you got to put him top, top three, top three. I'm guessing you got John Jones up there somewhere too. Yeah, John Jones. Are we going off? We going off just uh, just fighting? <laughs> no, uh, we're not taking any uh, PR into account for this one. We're just I, going just fighting. Strictly skill. fighting, no cocaine usage, no strip clubs, nothing like that. So John Jones is still in it. I think John Jones won. I mean, you just look at the guys that he took out, let alone and his age at the time that he took them out mm-hmm. on the way to getting the title. They were all. Almost all of them are legends. <laughs> yep. Like, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Being Shogun have, for the title at such have, a young shouldn't age. Have a lot, shouldn't have a loss on his record. Yep. Yeah, I'd say him. May, DJ maybe two and then GSP. Oh, there we go. Hey, that's a good list. Yeah, CMT Floxicity yes earlier, uh, top 10 most well-rounded fighters. Look, we, that's that's a whole other episode yeah. that we could do, you know, and uh, break <laughs> do it down. An we do an hour just on that, maybe. Exactly. Uh, but we'll keep it right here to just the uh, the three that uh, Landry just named off. But that that's a good list in my eyes, man. Uh, all right. We can move on to the co-main event. This is where it started getting really exciting or or leading up to the Rotang Jim on uh, fight. But we had Rotang versus Edgar Juarez Tabaris uh, going into this fight. Uh <laughs> Look, Edgar Juarez Tabatis, you know, he's got some WBC titles, but you see the name come up against Ra Tang, and you're in your head probably thinking like, okay, this should be a showcase yeah. for Ra Tang. For a lot of U.S. fans that haven't heard of him before, that haven't seen him fight, you know, uh, they're putting him out in front of the entire U.S. to see now. This is a good matchup for him. Yeah. For Ra Tang, that is. Dude, who do you got to put in front of Rod Tang to make him not walk somebody down? <laughs> it's insane. It, it really is, man. Uh, that This guy's a machine. This is probably what Jessica Andrade wants to be able to do. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> Take a kick Maybe, to the head and yeah. just shake it off. Jessica Andrade but, uh, probably watches his tape and is like, I can do that. <laughs> Didn't work out very well. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the thing is that, okay, Edgar Juarez Tavares comes in. Again, it's not like he's some slouch out there, right? He's got some WBC titles uh, in Muay Thai. Uh, he had that nice little spinning uh, back elbow. So he would throw a body kick. Rotang would catch it. And when he'd release, Rotang would try to throw a right hook. Yep. And then Edgar would come in with that spinning back elbow trying to catch him. 
but he went to the same move. Yeah, he did. yeah, went to it way too many times. Can't do that against the guy with the experience and IQ of Rod Tang. No, 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 no. And uh, yeah, it was he, really that's easy that, for him after that. Yeah, I mean, like how he knocked him out, obviously, as you just alluded to, was the picking up on that. He, yep. he blocked that elbow, clinched him, and they just elbow right over top on the money. Yeah, yeah. and, it, you know, when Ergo was coming in with that spinning back elbow, he would be able to take a couple steps back and get out of range real quick. But on that one, he, <laughs> he does the spinning back elbow. Rotate just reaches over, like you said, grabs him behind the neck, and just comes forward with that uh, that elbow. And it was, what, like on the bottom of the chin, right? Dude, I don't know. I didn't see exactly where it landed. I couldn't tell if it was chin or, like, temple. But either way, it put him. It flatlined him. It landed. It was on his head. Somewhere on his head for sure. Yeah. <laughs> he was out, out. Put him out. Put him out. And, again, I'm so happy that he got some of the limelight over here in the U.S., I think it's well deserved. And you know, Chatri loves this guy. He just throws a hundred K his way. Yeah. Do you know Dana White was sweating, man, when he's seeing all these bonuses just being tossed out left and right? He was like, Ugh, I hope not too many people are watching this. Yeah, right like, now. You get 50k, you get a hundred K. You get 50K. yeah, dude. Left and right, man. And so a couple things with one. I, I've told Will this before, and I don't know how you feel about it, but the way that they go through and they introduce the fighters from the main card in the very beginning, everybody comes out on, on the main stage, you know, they introduce them one by one. I love that. And then the fact that they call out bonuses during the post-fight interview, I, I absolutely love as well. Yeah, that is that is cool. It's cool because you know, so, when you get a yeah, you get the reactions too. Like you don't have to see like a social media clip. Like my boy uh, Evan Elder, uh, I don't know if you saw his last fight, but he got fight of the night. Um, and he didn't, you know, he he found out by one of our teammates who was helping corner him walking up to him in the hotel, you know, video. I'm like, yo, you just got 50K fight the night bonus. And he was just like, what? Like, you're, ah, you're, screw, like, you're screwing with me. But you get to get, like, reactions like that in the octagon for all the fans to see, you know, in that yeah. moment. Yeah. That, like, that's cool. Yeah, Dana, take some notes, bro. Come on. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, I mean, great fight. You know, uh, again, Rotang had his opportunity to be showcased. Uh, before that, we also had another big name coming out of Thailand. We had Stan Fairtex. Dude, I'm a big fan. Now, I'm sorry. Let me let, me let everybody know. We're, we're skipping Mikey Musumeci. Props to Mikey. Uh, that, that guy will grab onto anything possible and just find a way, whether it's a leg or, you know, in this case, a rear naked choke. Uh, but another great performance. But we'll, we'll, we'll stick to the uh, MMA for now. We had Stamp Fairtex versus Elise Anderson. What were your thoughts? It was a fun fight. I uh, I haven't seen uh, Stamp Fairtex. I don't know how many MMA fights she had. I I had figured this was going to be a Muay Thai fight just based on her last name, but I've only seen clip, you know, like clips of her and her personality, you know, dancing to the cage, doing like. All her fun videos, you know, she has a very like infectious personality. She's a, she's fun. Like she draws you in just by her being who she is. But it was cool to see her like dog it out in a fight, and she had great, great striking. Got into some scrambles where I was like, oh, the scramble is the ground gonna be somewhere she lacks? But she actually took advantage, almost even got the back fighting. So yeah, yeah, I know that was sweet. 
that knockout finish she had, that was that was a very slick setup. It was, man. And uh, like you were talking about the takedown, using Elise Anderson's momentum, right, to end up on top, uh, still being able to transition and take the back. It's She had said, you know, that she wanted to showcase what she'd be able to do with jiu-jitsu too. Uh, not just that, but they're like, hey, what if Elise Anderson tries to take you down? She's like, well, then, you know, I'll just feed her a couple knees real quick. Like she's not scared of the takedown. She's not worried about going down to the ground, which is something I love about Stamp. Doesn't mean that she's an absolute world beater down there, uh, but still, the, she, she's willing to uh, to fight on the ground too. Yeah. Uh, but Rich, you you have the video of the finish, right? And uh, shout out one for giving us permission to show this as well. If you could play it, Rich. You have a little bit of a punch on the stage. What was that? Uh, I was just saying if he had like the little like three seconds before that, the little clinch work on the cage, she just like slipped in some really good knees with like no space with her back on the cage. And that kind of like yeah. made uh, Anderson turn a little bit. And then she ripped a, a left knee and right off of it through that right body kick. It was just, it was real smooth. Awesome like setup. Lower body combo. <laughs> no punch and more involved these Muay Thai fighters, right, where uh, they've been fighting Muay Thai, in some cases they're seven, eight years old, and their ability to land those knees from any position is super impressive. And not just that, but be able to generate a, a, an immense amount of power. Um, and the way that they're able to bring it up and dig in mm -hmm. is super impressive, man. So uh, another one where Stamp is pretty big outside of the U.S., uh, for anybody that watches mm -hmm. one, uh, no, they know of stamp already super popular, but for anybody that hasn't and took the opportunity of, of one being here in the U S another fighter that was showcased for one FC. You fun. said you hadn't really watched uh, stamp that much before. No, I hadn't just seen the Instagram clips that go around. Of yeah. Crazy. Dude, you got to watch her more, man. Uh, and me recently, I just started watching one a lot more now because of will will is a fight degenerate. Okay, yeah. he will watch any fight anywhere, uh, no matter what the organization, you know, so he puts me in on all these different fighters that he's seeing very much like I had told him about you right when I was over here at XKO and I was like, yeah. you got to watch this guy Landry. Uh, now he does this with organizations from all over the world. Your boy here is more, you know, US based. Will's international. Yeah. He'll find people from all over the world, but she's such an exciting fighter, man. Definitely somebody that uh, you should have on your radar going forward. Uh, and then we'll cover the last couple fights right here. We're reaching an hour. Uh, Sage Northcutt versus Ahmed Muchtaba. Did you watch this one? Yeah, I did. I mean, could have you could have watched like a Instagram reel of the, this one. I, I was a quick finish. No, nah, dude. Actually, Sage, you're right. Sage, Sage coming back after such a crazy injury is pretty pretty wild. Props to him for getting back to it. Yeah, four years after having pretty what facial reconstruction surgery i'm guessing yeah his face was Pretty broken much. in like so many different pieces his orbital bone and man it, yeah. it was it was bad yeah it was cosmo, bad. Alexander, cosmo alexander's a bad man but he is dude yeah for him to come back and even fight after such a serious injury props to him for doing that a little scary that you know he got dropped with a jab and that's what yeah. set up his finish on the ground uh, uh, Rich saying this dude is built like Ivan Drago. <laughs> yeah, he is actually. Yeah, He's solid, see, man. 
You can see every little muscle fiber that he has. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, but uh, with Sage, you know, you wonder what did he do in those four years? Because he was kind of out of the limelight, you know, like he wasn't really posting a bunch of training or doing things like that. But he must have been working. And you mentioned, you know, uh, Team Alpha Male, uh, Sage Northcutt earlier. Uh, and those guys are really known for their grappling over there, their wrestling, their jujitsu. Um, and he got to showcase some of that yeah. on Friday night. Hey, the his opponent, he just made a he just made a little mistake. He was trying to rush too much to he had a dominant position, but he was really trying to rush like getting to a ground and pound. And he just he made his hips loose for like three seconds and Sage immediately took advantage of it. Slid under and there. And finished it quickly. Yeah, slid under there, laced the leg around, and as soon as he rolled, he locked onto that heel. So yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty disgusting. But from I, I just remember from last time that I saw Sage Northcutt to like, you know, they put the, the fighters' pictures up there and they the tail the tape. And I was like, oh man, he has peach fuzz now. He's all grown up, you know. And, and what really solidified it for me was like he, he doesn't call Uriah Favor Mr. Favor anymore. He calls yeah. him Uriah, and I was like, Oh, dude, he's all grown up now, man. He's all grown up. He's gonna he's all grown up. <laughs> he's out of school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. And the last fight we're gonna cover. Uh, Angla and Song versus a wrong fan. Now you've been training with uh, Angla, right? Yeah. Yeah. You were so, probably pretty excited watching this then. Oh yeah. Such <laughs> a good dude. Yeah, such a good dude. I mean, he's done everything you can do in the sport, and he still shows up day in and day out doing training and living like he's you know just started in the sport. So he's a real along with Gilbert, man, just two really high level human beings and they set good examples for everybody. So it's good, you know, love to see them doing their thing. Tough, tough day for Gilbert, but all in all, you know, good things are going on with his life. So it's good to see these two doing good. And it's fun to see this fight. Awesome. And, you know, uh, with, with fan wrong Fang, he, uh, he surprised me a little bit because I felt like, uh, Angla was going to be able to come in here and just dominate from the beginning. And he had some nice head movement, man, uh, throwing a lot of combos, but, uh, Angla had this left hook that landed a few times. And yeah. I mean, for every two or three shots that Fang landed or that fan landed, I felt like what, like one shot of Angla was carrying more, if not just as much power as those combos. And Fawn had real like his movement was really good. I think it was even throwing Ong off a little bit, and Ong was just trusting in his power. Every time he threw, he sat he sat down hard in it and stayed in there. I think that's why Fawn was having some success with the counters. But um, and then, dude, the post fight interview, man, from Angla, so good. Did you did you get to see it? Yeah, um, I I might have to hear it again. I just remember he, he him, just said. Uh, uh, I'm just a guy from EMR. The American dream is alive and well. God bless yeah, America. Yes, yes. And I was like, God damn it. That is fantastic. I'll, dude, I'll, I was so pumped after that. And I absolutely fell in love even more with Angla, man. Yeah, dude, that, dude that's, that's three different people who were just saying, like, Chatri, the owner. I remember before the fight, he was saying, like, I was a kid with nothing. The American dream yeah. is alive. And then I think Rod Tang alluded to that too. I don't know if he directly said the American dream is live, but he was like, I was a poor kid with no money. I can't believe I'm like, I, I can't yeah. believe I'm here. I don't know if he said anything about the American dream, but same it, thing. It's like. just 
Good to no. see, man. Sometimes nobody loves America more than the immigrants, you know? <laughs> like, well, the people that have know? gone outside of America and, and seen, seen yeah. how, how it could be. And uh, seen, yeah. You're absolutely right. But yeah, along with like him doing everything in the world, like he is an absolute superstar where he's from. Like, and he's just a, one of the most nice and humble human beings you'll meet. And my, my first day that I ever went to Kill Cliff, it was San, Sanford then. And he was the first one to say, what's up? And I start having a conversation with you. So like, uh, good really good dude. Him. Always good to see him having success. Awesome, man. And, you know, uh, we didn't uh, allude to it, but he had that uh, modified guillotine at the end that finished it against Fawn. Uh, you know, and uh, it seemed really tight. And just a minor adjustment where he went through and just hooked that uh, left leg so that Fawn couldn't make any adjustments himself. Oh, dude, it was beautiful, man. That is so good. Was like, Fawn was deep on that takedown, and uh, Ong was just able to slide his hips slightly back and make room for his right arm to, to just fall under the chin. Or left arm fall under the chin and lock that up. So that was that was high level Beautiful stuff. Finish. Beautiful finish. Uh, you know, and just a quick mention, we also had a Kadistan versus Soldich, uh, which was a pretty big upset. Uh Kadistan just landed major shots on Soldich and put him out. Uh, you know, and Will again being somebody that's huge into one was just letting me know how big of an upset uh, that is. And he seems uh, so nonchalant. I don't know if you ended up watching that fight or not, but uh, they're going through and interviewing him afterwards, and he's just like, "Yeah, it's just that's what I do. I like that's to fight. You know, that's yeah. yeah it was so like whatever. Like yeah. just another day at work, you know. Uh, but that was it, man. That was all the fights uh, we had listed. Those were all the fights we had listed for one. Uh, I know there's a lot more fights for both UFC 288 and one, but there, there's just so much going on we can't cover them all. Uh, and that's it. Uh, I did have a couple more questions for you, LSK. Let's Landry, before you go, always ready for the uh, games when I come on here. Yeah, man, you gotta be, you know. And the thing is, look, this this was not gonna go as deep, you know. I I didn't dig into your history and reach out to friends and family, uh, but just ask some questions. Since you're coming out of Killcliff FC, I'm not gonna put you on blast or have any have you put anybody else on blast, really, you know, and, and get you in trouble. But I have some uh -oh. questions here. Have uh -oh. some questions. Are you ready? Who's most likely in the gym to call you to go party? <laughs> most likely to call to go party oh it's a good one let's see yeah i'm trying maybe uh yeah mitch or richie mitch, mitch or, or richie lewis <laughs> okay okay most likely to bail you out of jail if you were to call him Ooh, Evan Elder. Evan Elder? <laughs> nice, nicest guy in the gym. Really? Yeah, he's out there competing. He, yeah, he'll give the shirt okay. off his back. But where, where are you at, buddy? I'm there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Would it matter? Like what you were in jail for? Or would you just be like, yeah, I'll be right there? I, th I don't th even think you would ask. <laughs> oh, man, what a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Most likely to have the entire gym laughing. Oh, man. Yeah, that that's a good one. Michael Johnson's up there. Damn, who else are we gonna throw in there? I think off the top, I'm gonna say Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. Right okay. 
most likely to get in a bar fight if you're to go out with him? <laughs> um, man. These are tough, huh? Yeah, these are these, <laughs> this, this is a very tough one. I'm trying I'm trying to think who's the most like outside of the gym would just be like, all right, yeah, let's go. Damn, bar fight. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't I don't know if I can pick someone for this one. All right, no worries, man. We can come back to it later if you want we, to, we or we can hold it for another time. Yeah. <laughs> I can't all think right. of the bar fight one. Usually most of the people that they're all just chill. Right? If if they're going out to a bar, they're just going to like chill and have a good time. Nobody's like, you know, we fight. Yeah. We all get paid to fight. No one's like, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go get drunk and <laughs> beat the shit out of someone. <laughs> I think that's the case with most fighters, right? Yeah. Where if, think, if they know how to fight and they're the, professional fighters. I'm trying to think of the shortest tempered one. <laughs> might, that's a tough one. Might be MJ too. MJ, Michael Johnson, he – at least when he's with his boys, they're talking shit. He can, he gets a little upset quickly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, most likely to answer a call late at night. If you were to say, yeah, or, or just most likely to answer, like if I were to say, okay, Landry, million bucks right now, whoever you call has to answer the phone, who would it be? Can we go? We're going coaches too or all fighters? No, you know what? We can go coaches. We're going coaches. I'm going Dieter. Dieter? Okay. That that okay, that's a solid answer. I mean, y'all been together for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. Right yeah, on. I, that's my guy. That's my right hand man. So no matter what, he'll be there for it. And yeah, nice, we, nice. now we both now we're both. He's coaching at Killcliff and I'm I'm fighting out of there. So it's been Perfect. a fun little journey. And then the last one, who is most likely to cheat on a board game? Cheat on a board game. Dude. Man, are you getting caught? Are you getting caught cheating? I, or are you just doing you're just trying to get the win? I might cheat on the board. Just trying to get the W. <laughs> the competitive spirit, man. <laughs> that was it. Those were the only questions I had for you. Like I said, it wasn't gonna be anything crazy like the last couple of uh, uh games we had for you, but man, Landry, I can't thank you enough. Uh, for answering the call, hopping on, helping co-host on a weekend that Will was out of town. Uh, and, of course, you know that you are always welcome back on the podcast, man. Dude, yeah, always. You ever need a co-host, I'm here. Just give me the call. I'll be on. This was fun. I appreciate you, uh, I might man. have I to start you. my own podcast, too. This this is fun. Do it, man. Do it. Uh, and, hey, let's call Dieter right now. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can, you'd be like, we what can. the hell are you doing? We can if you want. <laughs> We'll no, I'm just messing with you, bro. Uh, but hey, uh, again, thank you so much uh, for all you listeners. If this is your first time watching or listening, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. goes a long way. Uh, don't forget to follow Landry Ward, YouTube, Instagram, at Lone Star Kid, and then also uh, LoneStarKid.com for all the gear. I mean, I'm sporting one of the uh, LSK hats right now. Uh, he has the Lone Star Kid uh, polo on. Uh, those are some more. Is that burnt orange back there I see? So this one's burnt orange. Let's see. We'll go through them. The burnt orange, black rope, white logo. Then we got some trucker caps. Nice. Dude, Bryce Mitchell would love that one. Yeah, right? Yeah, that, that's just the, oh, that's a nice that's one there black. too, man. Then last one we got is 
all red. Old Maga love it, style man. hat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey, thanks again, uh, LSK. And then uh, just for, uh, so everybody knows, this podcast right here is produced by Richard Bustos. And thanks for everybody for listening. Hey, all the special. <laughs> Thank you.